shaking, I'm shaking it out. <laughs> I did that. I did that too. I'm like, I'm like equally excited as nervous. And I've done, I've done interviews so many times, but it's always like such a good excitement energy right before. Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Janessa McKenzie, a business mindset coach and brand strategist, and I help online experts like you stop self-sabotaging their success and unapologetically build a badass personal brand that makes marketing and sales easy. It's my mission to show you how to become who you were created to be so you can share your talents with the world, make a difference, and create the income and impact you desire. So if you're ready to end your battle with self-sabotage, regain your kick-ass confidence, and create a business and life of your dreams, listen up as I hit the BS button on the notion that hustle and hard work are all it takes to be successful, and mix the woo with the strategy to help you create the mindset, messaging, and visibility you need to attract the clients and cash that you want, while unapologetically building a powerful brand from the inside out. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. It's me, Janessa, and I'm here today with Tanessa Shears. She's an experienced health consultant who specializes in helping high-achieving entrepreneurs completely overhaul their health so that they can achieve massive breakthroughs in their personal and professional lives. She rolls up her sleeves and gets elbow deep with her clients as she guides them to work through all of it piece by piece. I'm really excited about today's episode because we're going to talk about biohacking your way to success. So Tanessa, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Tell me a little bit more about you. Like who do you serve? What do you do? Yeah, I like to think of it as like I'm the brain and body optimization coach for entrepreneurs. Mm. So so often we're grinding or hustling or that that's the common mentality that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs go into the business world with. And so often we look around and we've got our business up off the ground and it's exciting, but we we look around and our health has completely taken a back seat. You know, meals become just whatever you can grab exercise becomes sometimes non-existent. Our <laughs> sleep is always sacrificed because we you know we have to get that one more thing done or just launch that sales page. So I find that that, that business excitement often overshadows our health. And then all of a sudden we realize that it's something that's been put on the back burner and we end up suffering from things like, you know, brain fog and feeling tired all the day and unfocused and overwhelmed and stressed. So I like to come in and help those entrepreneurs like biohack their health by using science to not only get their health back in order, but to really boost their productivity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Around here, we all, my audience definitely hears a lot that hustle and hard work are not the only ways to success and that we try to make things, um, you know, easier, like make it simple. Mm -hmm. Like it's not always going to be easy, but there's no reason not to make it simple. Right. And, and a lot of the times, like if you're just taking care of your health and you're optimizing those little components, it really accelerates you forward without having to, you know, log so many hours on the clock and be grinding and hustling. Like there's a way to do it that's fueled from being completely clear and healthy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> so there's, you know, uh, no easy way, I think, that we feel so when we're fo so focused on one thing like mm -hmm. we're so focused on our business mm -hmm. and it, it kind of becomes like our identity in our life and we don't realize that all these other things are kind of fallen to the wayside until we're like oh 
crap. Like really should have paid more attention to that. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, I think that's one of our biggest issues. It's too, it's, we put all of our energy and especially if you're transitioning from a full-time job to a business where you're Mm -hmm. literally every minute is accounted for, you know, it really gets easy to just put the brakes on our health and think that's something we can make time for later. Right. Yeah. And it's easy to think that, you know, we're supposed to be busy or supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing something or even just productive for eight hours a day in front of a computer when like, that's your employee mindset talking. Mm -hmm. Let's not, you know, go there. I get it that you, you know, we all, especially new entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to be doing something for it to be working. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't, Yeah. Uh, you know, let's do the things that we have to do to move our business forward. And then if you want to stop, you can, and know that it's working. That's, I think some of the best advice that I can give any entrepreneur period Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I always like the analogy of our brains as humans are one of the most magnificent pieces of equipment on the planet, but the Mm. way we treat it is as if we don't even take it out of the box and turn it on to figure out what it does. (laughs) And so I always love taking my clients to the idea of what would it be like to take your brain out of the box? If you actually opened up the instruction manual, cleaned it up and got it working in a high performance way in which you're clear and productive and focused during the hours you are spending on your business, like what would be different? What would life be like if that were the case? I love just that idea of let's not be the entrepreneurs who leave our brains in a box on the shelf. Let's be the ones to take it out, fire it up and find out how it really works when you're taking care of your health and not just focusing on hours into your business and, you know, trying to do everything at once. Yeah. I think that if we took it out of the box and like, you know, turned it on and put it on, you know, I were like, here it is. My brain works. Yep. exactly the way it's supposed to be working. Like we'd all be going, Holy shit. <laughs> yes, that, like, that's honestly, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's the funnest part about doing all of this is when you get the, Oh my gosh, wait a second. You're telling me this is how it's supposed to feel. It's like, yeah. it's like when you have those moments where, you know, when you get into flow and maybe you're designing a sales page or you're editing photos or something like that. And, or as we were just talking about, you're on Canva and just like mm-hmm. you're in this groove and this flow and time is going by. Like that is our brain on high performance and focus. And mm. while that deep flow is not achievable all the time, there's a level of clarity that I find most people don't even know that is normal to experience. And it's until you feel that you're like, I could never go back. I could never go back to feeling tired and foggy and lack inspiration and creativity. Like it's, it's truly a taking the brain out of the box. (laughs) Yeah. When I feel like that now, when I feel like that brain fog, or I feel like I'm trying to focus on one thing, but Mm -hmm. 16 other things are running through my head. I shut my computer off. I will shut it off and walk away. I'm like, okay, whatever I did today is going to have to be enough because I cannot, I cannot even function like this. Oh, totally. Yeah. (laughs) So give us some some tips. Like, what do you usually tell your clients? Like if they're coming to you and saying, I can't even, like I've got 97,000 tabs open on my computer and in my brain. Yeah. What do I, what am I, what do I do? How do I fix this? Yeah. I love that analogy you just made. Like, I really feel like the number of tabs you have open is totally correlated to what's going on in your brain. Um, 
So I take an approach, uh, it's called biohacking. And some people really familiar with this term. Some people have never heard it before. Basically, it's hacking your own biology. It's putting things into place that you can measure the outcome of to tell uh, whether or not it's effective. And the whole purpose of it is to up-level your life, your longevity, your wellness, your performance. So I'm all about data because data doesn't lie. It tells us, yes, we're getting enough sleep. No, we're not, you know, eating at the right times during the day. So that's what I like. So the first thing that I like to focus on with these clients is funny enough, it's our sleep. And the Mm -hmm. interesting thing is when people think, oh, I need to pick my health and fitness back up, especially if, you know, you've been hustling as an entrepreneur, they often say like, well, tell me, give me a meal plan. Like what, what workout should I be doing? Mm. But I often find like that idea is absolutely something that needs to be addressed, but it's almost like taking something that takes up more time, more energy and trying to stuff it into a schedule that already feels full. Yeah. So I like to say, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go back to basics here. If we could get you feeling so focused and clear that you can get more done in an eight hour day than the average person gets done in a week because you are focused and organized and productive, then that's when you can create space for all of that other stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. So when I started tackling this and trying to figure out, okay, I need to create more space. It was after my daughter was born and Mm. the lack of sleep you go through then really makes (laughs) you realize you sit at your desk. I'm trying to write a newsletter. And I was like, I don't have a brain anymore. Like where did it go? (laughs) So I was like, Oh wait, I'm not supposed to be feeling like this all the time. And when you're going through that sleep deprivation, it becomes really obvious how Mm. much sleep contributes to your creativity, your mood, your concentration, your focus, your willpower, everything. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what I usually like to start with is I'm like, okay, let's see how you're sleeping. Because one thing that I found was interesting is when I fully biohacked my sleep and I knew that my sleep was the right duration, the right quality, all of that kind of stuff, I actually created two extra hours every morning where I was just waking up full of energy. And in that time, I wrote a book. Like, wow, you can really create and use that time effectively. So if we're going to talk about sleep, that is where I would start. And it's always more important than we give it credit for. Like, do you find sleep is important to you? Do you notice a difference when you have really good sleeps on high? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, and, you know, it's funny. I think that we all think that we need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were just yeah. saying that, you know, what, what meal plan should I have? What mm-hmm. workout should I do? Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily, you don't have to be doing something every second of every day. Oh, totally. Right. And I think, you know, people are like, oh, well now I have space. Now I have time. Yeah, exactly. What do I do? Yeah. And and one of the things about sleep that's so amazing is it allows you to have that focus so that you can show up the next day and really go to work. So you're not just spending time sleeping, but there's, there's components of sleep and we can get into that if you want that are actually beneficial to us as entrepreneurs to make sure we're getting enough of each night. Yeah. Well, I guess my question would be, how do you know what type of sleep you're getting? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the most interesting things about our brain is while it's really smart and we know a lot of things, what doesn't happen when we wake up the next morning, we don't get a printout of the quality of our sleep. Like our brain has a really hard time assessing how good our sleep is. I mean, yes, you might feel tired or not, but 
most of the time we have no idea if we got enough dream sleep or enough mm -hmm. deep sleep or how often we were awake during the night. So what we can do, there's two ways you can go about it. There is the way in which you can take notes based on, you know, what time you went to bed, what time you woke up, if you felt like you got a deep sleep during the night, there's that route. But when we're talking specifically about biohacking, we're all about measuring. Mm. So a really simple approach is honestly just to get a basic fitness tracker. Um, they make really basic ones for fit for Fitbit that I know, like I'm in Canada and I know we can get them for like 120 bucks here. I don't know what that is in US dollars, but um, it's super simple. And every morning you can wake up and it tells you, here's how much time you spent dreaming. Here's how much time you spent in deep sleep. And each of those components correlate to different skills that we need as entrepreneurs. Mm, that's ah. interesting. So I, I think I, I have an iPhone. So I think Apple, the Apple watch yes. can do that same thing, right? Yes. Yes, it sure can. They're all yeah. different. They all measure things slightly different. So I just like to look at if it's, Saying I'm getting 10% deep sleep, can I get it to 13%? So can I get it up 3% regardless of whether it's what device you're on? Because there is inaccuracy in these devices for sure. So mm -hmm. I look at, can we get a little bit of improvement in just those specific areas that are being recorded by our devices, right? Yeah. So what kind of sleep should we be getting? Like, well, tell me about the different types of sleep, but with the you know, uh, intent of what, how much of each should we be getting? Yeah, absolutely. So I always love to share that sleep is our best opportunity for intelligence enhancement across mm. the board without a doubt. So if we look at the average person's sleep, they spend way too much time in light sleep. So this sleep, I mean, it has a purpose, you're asleep, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the richness of deep sleep and dream sleep, which are the two I'm going to talk to you about. So during the earlier part of the night is when we get the majority of our deep sleep. This is when we get those luxurious, deep, long wave sleeps. It's when we, you know, are allowed to restore our body and our muscles and we recover. Um, we're allowed to consolidate some of our memories in this part here. It really helps us to I guess decompress for the day because a really neat thing happens when you're in deep sleep is your brain actually shrinks a little bit to allow some of the fluid to wash out all of the junk that accumulated during the day from the decisions you made, from all the thinking that went into the copy you were writing. So this really kind of hits the reset on your body deeply. Hmm. So what we look at is can we get somewhere between 10 and 20% for deep sleep. And that, of course, is going to depend on age because deep sleep deteriorates with age. That's why we have trouble remembering things as we get into our 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's just because we lose some of that quality deep sleep just naturally. Hmm. So yeah, we're looking at that 10 to 20% range, uh, looking more in the 20% ranges if you're in your 20s, 30s, and looking more in like that 10 to 12% range if you're sitting, you know, in your late 30s, 40s, 50s. So that's the first one. I find it so interesting. Mm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a quick question about that. Yeah. Can, like, can you get higher if you're like in your 40s, 50s? Can you get higher than 10 or 12%? I mean, how do we, how do we get more of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone is different. That's the great thing. So this is not like a, if you're going into your forties, you lose all your deep sleep. So one of the most important things is about preventing it from further loss, if that makes sense. So protecting your deep sleep. I mean, one of the biggest ones is if we talk about blue light exposure before bed, and Mm -hmm. we all hear that we know like there's apps on our phones that'll turn the, you know, remove the blue light. There's things that we can, you know, remove the blue light from our computers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But that, that light that comes from LED uh, screens, when it enters our body and our brain through our eyes, we're, we lose melatonin production. And melatonin is a hormone that signals sleep is about to start. Mm. So what that happens is when we disrupt that hormone production, we don't get to have that deep, luxurious sleep. We, it does, it's not as good quality. It's fragmented and it doesn't last as long. So one of the best ways you can preserve those, that ability to consolidate memory and recover is by taking care of your body in the hour or two before bed. And that's talking about blue light exposure. Mm, so shut off your screens. Yeah. And you know what though, having worked with entrepreneurs, that in itself is a task to tell an entrepreneur at night, shut off your screen. I I find that there, obviously there's a good, better, best approach. So best, absolutely shut off your screens. Is it doable all the time? Probably not. So I like, there's some other tips I like, like there's an app that you can download for your desktop called Flux. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it just removes the blue light and tints your screen red and orange to kind of simulate sunset colors. So those colors come into your eyes and it tells your brain like, Hey, let's wind down. Let's start producing some of that hormone. That's going to get us to go to sleep that melatonin. So that's one way you could do it. Another way actually is there are blue light glasses on the market that you can buy that actually filter the light out for you. And I have a pair actually that I love. They have actually red lenses in them. So instead of like the yellow tinted lens you see, and it makes it completely red. And I find if I put those on, I have wonderful deep sleep and I'm usually getting tired, kind of getting that cozy, want to fall asleep feeling usually within about 45 minutes to an hour of putting them on. Really? So you put them on just hanging out at home like an hour before bed? Yeah. Yeah. My husband has an interesting opinion on them, but he seems... <laughs> He's seen them work so well on me that he actually has a pair of his own now. Uh, It's kind of nice because there's those nights where, you know, you finish work at eight o'clock at night and you maybe just want to sit down and unwind. We're watching Modern Family right now and we just, Mm -hmm. oh, you just want to watch an episode, you know, like, and I don't want to compromise my sleep for that. So this is something that kind of meets in the middle, meaning you get a little bit of this, but you can also still wind down your brain so you have a good sleep so you can have a really productive next day. So you're watching TV with red, quote unquote, sunglasses on. Yeah, pretty much. And it it does take some getting used to. And at first I was like, this is so weird. But (laughs) you know what? It's kind of one of those things you weigh off. Like, yes, everyone looks kind of red and orange tinted, but I'm so dang productive during the day the next day that like, I don't think that's a trade-off I'd be willing to make. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's a great point because we don't think of those things sometimes that, you know, we, we do this thing now and it's mm-hmm. a little, it might be a little strange or it might take a little bit more energy or it might be something that we've never done before. Mm-hmm. But when we do it now, we're going to get this great benefit. And what are you willing to give up to, to have what you really want? 
Right. And that's exactly it. And at the end of the day, you know, I've been wearing the red glasses for, oh gosh, like over six months is when I switched to the red ones. And by now, like they're just such a part of my night routine that I don't even think about it anymore. So what company do you get them from? Um, the ones I got are from a company called True Dark because the uh, main investor in the company actually, is, well, it's known, he's known as like the father of biohacking. His name is mm -hmm. Dave Asprey. He kind of invented that whole niche this whole niche of being able to really use science to hack your longevity. Well, he's so the bulletproof his, coffee guy. That is the bulletproof coffee guy. You're right. Yeah. But <laughs> this is one of his companies actually. And that's actually what led me to them. Um, I haven't tried any other one. I know there are some other companies out there, but I just love these ones. They fit good. There's different styles you can get. So that was an easy choice for me. Yeah. I actually heard a, podcast episode mm. with him. Um, he was being interviewed by James Wedmore on Mind Your Business podcast. Yep. And it was a very interesting podcast episode. So if you haven't heard it, go check that out. Right. Well, he has that goal to live to, what is it, 180 years old? Yeah. And he like went through a list of all of the stuff that he <sighs> does that like helps him, you know, get to that goal. Absolutely. I, it, some of it was a little out there even for me, but, <laughs> but yeah. others was like, Oh really? Like raising your bed six inches from the head, like on the head part, you know, just raising it six inches because it helps your brain drain that fluid you were just talking about. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And honestly, in the field of biohacking, there is things that are like easy to implement, like the red glasses and, you know, tracking your sleep with a, a Fitbit and stuff like that. But there's also stuff that's on the other end. That's kind of like the super advanced stuff. So mm -hmm. I always find just like, what is that 20% that you could implement that's going to give you 80% of results. And I often find that really just comes down to, you know, effective movement, better nutrition and amazing sleep. Yeah. And that's where most people need to start. We don't, a lot of us don't need to start with the crazy supplements and that's not where we start. That's something yeah. like, Hey, I've graduated. Now let's get technical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we talked about deep sleep. Now what about dream sleep? Yeah. So dream sleep is also known as REM sleep. It's rapid mm -hmm. eye movement because our brain waves in contrast to deep sleep, when they're like slow and long with deep waves, these are the same as our active awake brain waves. Like it is often very difficult to tell for sleep researchers to tell whether we're awake or we're dreaming. So yeah. it's fantastic because there's our, our brain is actively dreaming, right? So during this, on average, we're looking to have 20 to 25% of our nights spent in dream sleep. And dream sleep is a really neat one, especially for entrepreneurs. And I find that this is one that usually is lacking the most. Um, dream sleep in specific is our hub for creativity. It's where we get better at problem solving. And it really helps with our emotional intelligence and being able to manage willpower. All of these things which come into conflict as entrepreneurs. I mean, how often are we sitting at our desk and we're just like, maybe I should end early today. Should yeah. I check that email that popped in? All of these things that require willpower are, we are so much stronger when we have had proper REM sleep because that is where that is cultivated. That willpower, that decision-making, that um, productivity, our ability to stay on task comes from having adequate REM sleep. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I have just recently, I mean, I know this doesn't have anything to do with sleep, but 
I just recently shut all the notifications off on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a huge difference in terms of just your ability to not get distracted and get that little dopamine hit and that rush, but being able to wind down. <laughs> yeah, like for all, all day long. So it was actually my coach's suggestion said, she said, it's like when you hear the ding, it's like a, um, like a prize almost that you can't mm-hmm. wait to see, Yes, you know? So when you go to look at it, it's like, Ooh, I, I got an email or I got a message or you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. So you like get excited about it, which like almost like gets you addicted to the ding on your phone. Oh, totally. And a lot of the times, like we, we as humans are so not prepared to deal with the discomfort that comes with the idea of not answering our, our phone or not seeing what that ding is about. So it's really having to go through that self-coaching experience of like, I'm only uncomfortable right now. This is temporary and it's going to pass. I'm, I'm not going to die despite what my brain is telling me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was one of my problems. Like I was like, Oh, I answer my messages, you know, on messenger when they come in and she's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you need to stop doing that. (laughs) Well, totally. And then that comes into like looking into just being productive with that is how can we time block? Yeah. Well, it was also, it's also like a, you know, when you're doing something, you hear the ding, then you're like, you stop what you're doing. You go into, you know, mine was, my vice was messenger. Mm -hmm. I would go into messenger, look at the message. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't even important. It was just like, Oh, like I just got distracted for that. Or, you know, it's something else and you're like, okay, I can answer this question, but you're really not in the right headspace to answer that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can answer it and you can fully answer it, but you really didn't need to answer it right then either. Like you could have just waited until you mm-hmm. were, you know, mentally had the space to go, okay, I'm going to open my messenger now. And for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to go through my messages and answer and do, take my notes of what I might need to look at later or whatever it is, mm. you know, and, and do that. But it, it was hard when I went through my notifications and was like, off, off, off. I hit the messenger one and I was like, <gasps> off. <laughs> yeah. and, and the email one too. I was like, oh, off. But it really has helped. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll go in and when I'm ready to look, I'm like, oh, look, I have five messages. But it's not overwhelming to me because I know that I'm going to spend the next, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes going through those messages. So that's like my message time. Oh, totally. And I mean, we often have these thoughts that like something dire is being missed. (laughs) Like, and we make up all of these stories in our mind about what people are going to think if we don't answer fast enough and what might I miss? And how often do you go in there and like open a message? And it's like, wow, that is long. I'm not going to get to it now, but then it just sit and festers. And then it really starts to interrupt like your sleep and your, your deep quality downtime. Right. Cause you're, yeah. Or then gets lost in your messages and then you forget all about it. Yeah, no, totally. One of the, one of the, I was just working with a a client a couple weeks ago on deleting Slack from her phone. Mm. the whole app because she was having so such difficulty sleeping at night because of the constantly thinking about it. And I was like, well, let's just have it on your computer and see what happens. And I gave her the analogy of like, I don't Do you remember like when we had phones that were attached to the wall and we all used yeah. to sit down for dinner and the phone would ring at night. 
Mm-hmm. And we'd all kind of sit there while we were at dinner. And the rule was we don't answer the phone while we're at dinner, but we're all kind of awkwardly sitting there while it rings and it's kind of uncomfortable. Then the message machine picks up and you have to kind of wait for them to finish the message. Yes. I often like to think of that phone ringing as the same thing as when those notifications pop up where I just like to think there's nothing wrong with letting the phone ring. My parents taught me that at dinner. It's the same way as like the message notification comes in. That's just the phone ringing. Let's just let the phone ring. It's a little uncomfortable. You kind of have to wait out that discomfort, but it does go away. I mean, the person eventually stops calling. Right. (laughs) I found that that was a really wonderful way to help explain that, like just processing through that urge to always be checking in when we need to kind of be taking that deep quality downtime to recharge so that we can you know, be focused when we need to be focused and have downtime when we need downtime. Yeah, exactly. And we're so, um, you know, used to, like you said, answering the phone when it rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's almost a habit. We think that, like, we are expected to answer the phone just because it rings. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. And that's, you know, we don't. <laughs> we don't have to answer the phone. We don't have to answer the email. We, like, nobody is dying. I mean, and if they are, they're going to leave a message that says, oh my God, pick up the damn phone, you know? Right? <laughs> They'll get through to us one way or the other. They will. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. All right. So we've got deep sleep and dream sleep. Mm-hmm. What else do we got? So I like to take a look at sleep duration because mm-hmm. there's a super fascinating thing that most of us don't know. And now that we know what deep sleep is and we know what that dream or REM sleep is, it's important to know that we get most of our deep sleep in the early part of the night. So say, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, and we get most of our dreaming at the end of our night. So thinking 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Mm-hmm. So one of the most effective ways that you can enhance, you know, productivity and clarity and get rid of brain fog and feel like energize as soon as you wake up in the morning is to regulate your circadian rhythm. Now, have you heard of circadian rhythm before? I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I, most people know this, like you're either an early bird or you're a night owl, right? Yeah. That's kind of, um, it, that sets the stage for kind of what our circadian rhythm is. So if you think about a 24 hour clock during the day, our body follows that clock. That's why we tend to get tired at night and awake during the day. Our hormones work like that. Our metabolism goes like that. Everything tends to follow that clock. So circadian rhythm is technically meaning around a day, circadian rhythm, around a 24-hour clock. So that's how our sleep functions. Now, there is an optimal way to do what I call like a circadian rhythm reset. So this means you tend to go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time every day, but not by force because that's just how your rhythm flows. So Mm. if we go back to what I said about deep sleep being in the early part of the night and REM sleep being in the late, what ends up happening as entrepreneurs? So say our, say our natural rhythm is to get tired and fall asleep at 10 and we wake up at six 30 or seven. Let's just say that for an example. Mm-hmm. If we're getting most of our deep sleep at 10, 11, 12, 1, but we decide to stay up till one in the morning finishing something, mm-hmm. we didn't just lose a little bit of deep sleep. We've essentially knocked out 50 to 60% of that deep sleep wow. just by staying up that extra bit. And so we wake up the next morning, even if you slept all the way to say nine or 10 to make up for it, and you feel 
like lack of focus, that kind of, you know, haziness, that inability to make quick decisions. It's because you miss out on that despite getting enough sleep duration. So hmm. the same thing happens if you get up at, you know, four in the morning one day, then you're cutting off the other end of sleep, which is where all of your dream sleep happens. So you're not just missing out on an hour or two. You could be cutting as much as 50 to 60% out. So one of the benefits for keeping a relatively consistent sleep time and wake up time is that you get to bathe your brain in the whole spectrum of quality sleep. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. is, would we figure that out just by what time we would normally go to sleep and wake up? Yeah. So I think that it starts with a bit of experimentation because we are all fundamentally different. So often what I get my clients to do is I say, Hey, when do you normally go to sleep now? Let's start there. And what we start to do is when we take out all of the things that are disrupting our ability to go to bed on time or wake up on time. So a good example, we talked about blue light, right? Mm. When that blue light from your screens enters your eyes, during the night, it tells your brain, hey, 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 it's still daytime. Let's not go to sleep yet, mm. right? So either from using the apps on our devices or from using red glasses that filter out the light or for just shutting off our devices, what happens is we remove that artificial stimulation that is daytime all the time. So we get natural light in our eyes, whether that be the dimness of night or a, you know, a soft yellow bedside lamp and our brain begins to quiet down. So what that starts to do is if you're normally on your computer till 10 o'clock at night, your brain thinks it's the middle of day until 10 o'clock at night. So wow. naturally you'll go to sleep later. But when you start pulling out those, what I call artificial, artificial sleep disruptors, mm -hmm. then you start to be like, oh my gosh, when I'm not on my computer to 10 or I'm not getting blue light until 10, but eight instead, I actually get tired at nine. Interesting. And that's when you get to start following your body's natural rhythm, right? Mm. So then you are going to sleep when your body's actually tired, not by when you artificially set your bedtime at, by, you know, being on Instagram, dopamine's coming in from all the new photos you're scrolling by and the blue <laughs> light of our TV and a scary movie before bed. But you're actually starting to get into that natural rhythm. And what happens is you start to naturally wind down instead of being like, okay, computer off, I'm going to go to bed. And then you lay there and look at the ceiling and your brain has this freak out about all the things you need to do this week. Yeah. You yeah. actually just naturally wind down and it's kind of this nice, easy slide into sleep. And mm. the coolest thing is, is when you honor that that rhythm that our bodies are supposed to follow, you naturally start waking up at the same time every day without an alarm clock. And I mean like energized, feet are on the floor, wide awake like it's the middle of the day. And I think that's kind of the, where the secret sauce lies in getting being super productive. Yeah. Yeah. That's some secret sauce right there. Cause I yeah. don't, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever woken up like it was the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that often tells us too, that our brains are missing out on some quality component of sleep, whether that be the length or enough deep or enough REM, like our, we're not designed to feel fatigued and groggy in the morning. Mm. naturally we should just wake up and have our brain be awake because there's this really neat hormone hormone called cortisol mm -hmm. we usually associate it with being stressed out but there's a purpose for it it wakes us up in the morning so if we time our natural wake up with the uprising of this hormone it wakes us up and we feel 
on fire first thing in the morning. And then that's when you're like, oh my gosh, here's where I can focus. Now I can get a whole bunch of stuff done. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. So since we, I, the experiment that we did in our family, we pulled out blue light starting at 8 p.m. at night just mm-hmm. to see what happens. And we're often asleep by 9.15, not because we have this, like, got to go to bed at 9.15. It's like lights are, lights are out. I'm exhausted. 9.15. And our bodies naturally wake up at between 5 and 6. And we've never used alarm clocks. It's almost the same time every day. And I'm just ready to go. And while, like, we're talking about people's, rhythms are different some people might operate more on like a 10 to 6 schedule or an 11 to 7 Mm -hmm. without all those artificial you know blue lights and distractions my body sinks to nine to five naturally i don't feel tired i wake up without an alarm clock i have super amounts of productivity in the morning because my daughter's not up yet it's been a wonderful change for my productivity especially in business wow that's amazing yeah so so our tvs have the blue light as well yeah, any type of LED screen. So our computers, our laptops, our tablets, our phones, everything like that. But there's so many, like I, we were talking about for desktop, you can download the Flux app. On our phones, there are apps you can download. There's also built-in features now where you can schedule your phone to remove the blue light from the screen. Mm, I'm going to look into that. Yeah, I think on iPhones, it's called Night Shift. Um, and on Androids, it's called blue light filter, but uh, I have mindset to go to red from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Quite wonderful. Yeah, so then if for some reason you do have your notifications on your phone and your phone lights up yeah. at like one o'clock in the morning yeah. or whatever it is, it's not the blue light. And because even if your eyes are closed, if your phone is facing you, like I have a stand up charger, like a wireless charger. Mm-hmm. So my phone stands up like right next to my bed, kind of. Yep. That's where I charge it. I could probably move the charger that would, you know, take care of that. But, you know, if my kids are like at their dad's or whatever, like I want to hear my phone ring in case in the middle of the night if I, if it was an emergency. So I do leave the phone next to the bed. I could probably do a lot of other things, turn it around or something. Yeah. And especially if you have your notifications on because you have kids, like that's really common sense. It's smart. So what you could do is just put the phone face down. Yes. Because at least it would turn the, it would, it would block the lights. Like for me, um, our baby monitors on our phone and it's a screen as well Mm -hmm. and as well as sound, but I just keep it in my bedside table drawer with with it shut. I can hear everything. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I sleep with a sound machine and earplugs in and I can still hear her as she wakes up in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that keeps the light out of the room when from just from the monitor being on or, you know, if my phone reaches full charge, there's a nice bright green light that flashes. <laughs> It'll at least mitigate yeah. that sleep disruption, right? Yeah. So that I guess that's kind of, you know, what we were leading into here is that when something flashes or goes off in your room in the middle of the night that will still disrupt your sleep. Even if your eyes are closed because it's light, right? A hundred percent. There's, I mean, it's not conclusive research, but there are some studies that actually show that our skin has photoreceptors that Mm. are able to pick up the light. Even if we have a sleep mask on. Wow. Yeah. So our skin can not necessarily doesn't have to come through our eyes. Right. So that is why I'm a huge advocate of like black out your room 
I like the hand test. You can see your hand in front of your face. It's, there's light coming in from somewhere. And so there's so many strategies about how to make your room super dark. But that is, that is such a critical part of being able to stay asleep once you've found that rhythm that your body naturally falls into that it wants to sleep during, say that whether it's nine to five or 10 to six or 11 to seven, mm-hmm. being able to stay asleep is just as important as getting enough sleep and quality sleep. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It, biohacking and sleep is fascinating. The bi- biohacking can cover, honestly, nutrition and work uh, setup and stress management and breathing techniques. But I find that sleep is that first place that if we can really nail down quality sleep, it makes everything else so much easier. It's like, it's like the big domino at the front of the line. You got to knock that one down first, make everything else go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure we could talk forever on the rest of you know, the things. <laughs> how to biohack all the other things, nutrition and stress management and all of those things. Totally. Um, maybe we'll have to do that in another episode. Maybe that we'll do like part two. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> um, but so just to recap this episode though, some of the things that can be done to help you get better sleep is cut um, out the blue light. Definitely that doing the circadian rhythm reset. So meaning pulling, once you pull out that blue light, trying to keep a consistent sleep time Mm -hmm. and wake up time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have something track your sleep cycles with either a wearable sleep tracker or your iPhone or something like that to help you assess if what you're doing is working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to black out everything. We've talked about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the big ones. I think a lot, we talked a little bit about the components of quality sleep too, but those are the big hacks I think that are at the top of the totem pole in terms of what I'd want to, you know, see as check marks first. Yeah. And I'm totally going to check into those red glasses. My fiance is going to think I'm nuts, but I don't care. That's fine. (laughs) It's kind of cool. I I like them. It's kind of a fun little status symbol. Like I care about my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, like I'm, I'm having a productive day tomorrow. That's what these glasses mean. It's business. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I tend to wake up more mm-hmm. at night now, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm over 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's irritating to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, some, there are some nights that I don't. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't or at least I don't remember waking up. Mm-hmm. But most of the time you remember waking up to roll over or you move or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're and, not alone in that. There's a lot yeah. of people that experience that. Yeah. And it, it drives me batty sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, why is this the third time that I'm waking up because I got to roll over? It's so annoying. Yeah. Well, there's, there's interesting things that you can look into about that too. Like you can look at like what the composition of your dinner is in terms of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Cause it might just be a combo that's not working for you before bed, mm. or maybe you're eating too close to bed because if you eat too close to bed, your heart rate doesn't drop as much. It kind of goes up while you're digesting and it mm. leads to poor sleep. And then there's all kinds of things. I mean, you can look at your caffeine intake. Um, if you have a glass of wine with dinner, there are so many things that affect that. And even room temperature, like little things that kind of like the checklist of things you go through is you're like, okay, that helped. That didn't help. That helped. That didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. So I see that you have a uh, web class, a free web class to offer the listeners. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about, that brain fog is one of the biggest things that keeps us from being creative and productive. So I made a web class with all my best stuff. It's called Becoming Limitless. So it's all about how to, ha- how to biohack your body and your brain so you can eliminate brain fog and work at full capacity every single day in your business. So I talk about sleep, some of the stuff we talked about today, but a lot of the nitty gritty, all mm-hmm. about how to biohack your sleep and also how to biohack your nutrition so that mm-hmm. you are super clear. I mean, what you can eat and when to allow your brain to be at high performance. And so that, and that has really summarized a lot of what we've talked about today, but adding in the whole food component. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you on social media, your website. Yeah. So I'm Tanessa Shears everywhere, but the hub for where you can find everything, including a link to sign up for the uh, Becoming Limitless web class is just at TanessaShears.com. There's a link right on the homepage. It'll sign you up for the web class. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link it all up in the show notes. So, but they can find you on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yep. That's where I hang out. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Tanessa, thank you so much. This was eye-opening to be eye <laughs> so good. Talk about sleep and it's eye opening. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. As I was I'm like, that's like the corniest joke ever, but whatever. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, it was great to have you and um we'll definitely talk about coming back. Maybe we'll talk about the nutrition the next time. Yeah, that would be so fun. I'm up for it. Awesome. All right, okay. everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. So go follow Tanessa, show her some love. And as always, screenshot you listening to this episode and tag us on your Instagram stories and let us know what your biggest aha moments were. We'd love to hear. We'll see you in the next episode.